Hey there, and welcome to the Skin Lovers Unite podcast. My name is Kelly, otherwise known as Skin Queen, and I'm so excited to educate you on all things real skin science. Over the past five years, I've gone from working as a dermal therapist to a clinical educator where I worked with some of Australia's leading skincare companies, learning so much about the skin and science behind how it all works. And now I'm here to share all my knowledge with you. Let's jump right into today's episode. Hello, skin lovers. Welcome back to another podcast. If you can hear my voice, sorry, not sorry. <laughs> Your girl has been screaming at too many festivals and parties recently, so I'm going to soldier on. But I have got an amazing guest to finish off the year. This is somebody who I followed her journey for a very long time. We've crossed paths a few times, and I think she's so inspirational. And I really wanted to get her on the podcast because she is proof that you can really do anything you put your mind to. So I want to introduce to you Brooke from Skin Love. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. I feel like we have come full circle over the last couple of years, especially when I was following you back in your educational days to now. So it's absolutely crazy, but thank you for having me here. I just love watching your journey and yeah, to backtrack, Brooke, I think followed me back when I worked at Ultraceutical. You were working for an Ultraceuticals clinic back then. And then you broke off and did your own thing and you actually hired a room in a hairdresser and then you switched to Aspect and I switched to working at Aspect. Yeah. And then we've always kind of chatted on Instagram and now, well, through COVID really, you built out a whole clinic with lots of rooms and it is stunning AF. And I really think that you are one to watch and keep your eyes on. And I'm telling everybody that in the industry, I actually went to Bali a couple of weeks ago and was having dinner with Nancy Abdu and Chrissy Alger. And we we're talking about the ABIR awards. And I was like, see, I'm surprised Brooke from Skin Love didn't win any awards. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, you don't know who this is? I was like, you need to look her up on Instagram. I was like, she is one to watch. <laughs> oh, thank you. We're lucky that we were in five categories for the ABIR awards. So one day my year will win it, but I'm just grateful to be part of them. Yes, I feel that. So for those who yeah. have no idea who you are. Tell us a little bit about your story, how long you've been in the industry for and, you know, really where you are now. So I started in the industry quite a while ago. I started doing makeup and I had a mobile makeup business doing, you know, special occasion and bridal, Um, but that's a lot of weekend work. So I was like, what do I do my weekdays? So started in a local beauty salon in an apprenticeship, more of their little cleaner and little runaround gal didn't start the apprenticeship there. So went off and did my diploma on my own full time. After that, went into another clinic that had ultraceuticals and it was a nail salon. So the owner back then really wanted to bring facials and skin into the business and she asked me to do that. So I led that really well there and I really loved my time. But once you kind of build that up, you just want more and more and more. So that's when I decided to leave. I initially left wanting to get out of the industry However, I just knew my passion was still in skin and education and growing. So that's when I started Skin Love and, you know, went into the beauty room. I was only there for a short time. I was there for five months before we went into the first lockdown in 2020. In that time, my little beauty room had a little flooding incident. The dentist upstairs flooded the whole hair salon in the beauty room. So my business has been through a lot in the early days straight away. Look at my shop that I'm in now, two days before we went into the lockdown in 2020, I was like, oh, this isn't really a good time. But in lockdown, I was like, let's just take a risk and see what happens. And it happened. Like everything has happened from there. We had six months of council approvals. 
a full fit out. Like the shop used to be in printing and an ink store. So there was ink everywhere, all, the, all over the floors. So whole gutter and, you know, refit and everything. Then went into the salon on my own, the clinic on my own, and then hired my first staff member. She fell pregnant after five weeks and then needed another <laughs> staff member. And then we went into another lockdown and came out of that with another staff member as our clinic coordinator. And now I've got another staff member as well. So I've got three skin therapists and one clinic coordinator. And in that time, we've gone through flooding, not directly to us, thank God, but in our town of Camden, we've been through lockdowns like other clinics have, been through a lot, but it's been a really good ride. And I feel like you've had so many tough lessons like yeah. throughout you said in the beginning. Yes. But yeah. I think what I love the most about you, if you don't mind me sharing, how old are you? I'm 24. You've done so freaking yeah. much like me. <laughs> I hate when people so ask much. me my age. I hate it because I just want people to take me seriously. And I, I totally think it's the whole that. imposter syndrome. If there's something I struggle with the most, it's that. And mm. I feel like I always need to prove myself mm. to other business owners. But then I also get mm. feedback from other business owners that I've been able to achieve what they have in maybe 10 or 20 years. So I think the biggest thing is being aware of what it takes and what you need to sacrifice into having a successful clinic. Also taking on board that your team is there to help you get to the end goal, I guess. They're not there just to get you all the money and the little bits and pieces and you reap that reward. They're there to help you get to your version of success. Yeah. And I hope I didn't offend you by calling out your age. It's only because like (laughs) I've known you for years and I've watched your whole journey and I've watched when you've had like the flooding and doing the makeup and yeah. you know, the whole fit out to hiring Chelsea to then Chelsea getting pregnant to then hiring yeah. a team and you're hiring a yeah. clinic coordinator. I was like, holy crap, this girl is like going from leaps and bounds. And then I saw you posted like on Instagram that you're away for your 24th birthday. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I remember it was in the first lockdown in 2020. I had a meeting with Tamara Reid. And it was a little Zoom that she was running for like, I think she's like 10 of them for whoever could jump in. And yeah. I was like, how am I going to have staff members that take me seriously when I'm 21 years old? And she's like, I don't know, you're just going to do it. And I'm like, okay. And I have, and like, I've gotten past that age very thing. I think last year I struggled with it more, but this year I'm like, no, I know what I'm doing. I'm doing a good job. I think that's just business though too, because yeah. I was the same. And, you know, I've only been working for myself as skin queen for like, not even fully two years yet, almost two years. And I feel like, cause I'm quite young in the industry compared to others who've been in the industry for like, yeah, 10, 15 years. I always feel like I have to prove myself, but before we hit like record on this, we're just talking about like my trip overseas. And I feel like that was a really good reset for me to be like, actually, no, I do know my shit and I do know what I'm doing. And I think like we just said, that comes with like business experience because eventually you're like, no, I'm just going to do it for me, not going to do it for everybody else. I don't need to prove anything to anybody else but myself. Now, we're yeah. actually recording this podcast on a Wednesday morning, nine o'clock your time, which means you're not actually working in clinic right now. <laughs> yes. No, I'm not. So I'm very lucky that I have been able to build and sustain the business to a point that I'm not necessarily needed there all the time. So at the moment, one week I'll be there three days and then the following week I'm there four, which is a really nice balance. Me, I get my days that I can work from home and, you know, work on the little bits and pieces of running the business and the financial side of it as well. And then I can pop into the clinic and still treat my clients, but it's a very limited amount. I've not taken new clients or I've not been on our booking system for 
over a year now, which is amazing. Like I love just being able to service the clients that have been with me long-term or I fill in for the team where I need to if someone's on annual leave or if someone's sick. So yeah, the business has been able to build to a point where I'm not needed. However, you need those systems and processes in place to get to that point. And if one thing I can share with anybody is to recognize that you do need systems and processes in place. I put mine off for a very long time and it's still a work in progress for everybody. (laughs) Um, But if you want to have your business to that point that you don't necessarily have to be there, those are the things that you have to do. Yeah. And that's something I'm going through in my business at the moment because a couple of uh, months ago I had my assistant off sick. Cam, who's my business manager, was off sick and I had to jump in and do everything. And it's not like I could call upon somebody to step in because I actually didn't have those systems and processes. So I think once you have them and it's as simple as being like, this is the process for this. And like, and as much as that's boring, it needs to be there because I that's been my biggest learning curve this year is that not everybody learns the same way and not everybody can do things as quickly as somebody else. So if you can have things in place that make it really simple and easy, you just want everyone to be on the same page, which is what it will get your business to that point where you're not needed all the time. Yeah. yeah. Now, that's another thing that I really wanted to talk to you about. You've managed to hold a team throughout pregnancies, COVID, everything, and just continue to grow your team as well. And I met, I'm pretty sure everybody at the ABA Awards because yeah. you're all standing together, which was like yes. so lovely. <laughs> and I think That's one thing that has really deterred me from opening my own clinic because I'm like, oh, staff are so hard to find and keep. But you've had this team for a very solid amount of time and it feels like you're really breeding a really loyal culture. It's the secret. Where do you find these people? How do you keep them? (laughs) Look, finding people is hard. This year on my journey of hiring more staff members, it took four months before I hired my most recent skin therapist and our clinic coordinator is actually moving to the Gold Coast next year. So that job role had been out since July and I still haven't filled it. My thing is, and I've always said from day one that I will never hire for just for the reason of hiring someone or just for the sake of it. I'm very big on making sure that person aligns with the clinic values, my values and ensuring that they're actually going to get along with my team. My team is very important to me. My clients are very important to me. So when I am going through the hiring process, I always look at that person and I think, are my clients going to like you? And is my team going to like you? And, you know, sometimes it's not even about the person's personality or anything. It's making sure that they're going to fit into the vibe and bring something to the team that maybe we don't have already. I think, to be honest, that's probably where my success in my team comes from is that I'm not hiring just for the sake of it. I see a lot of people do it and it can end badly, which you don't want. So if I can avoid things, as much as I can, I try my best to. But team culture is huge for us at Skin Love. Team culture is number one. We ensure that you know it's a positive environment for the team to come to. It's a safe space. We do a lot of team-led training and discussions and all of those types of things. I just want my team to feel involved in the entire business from you know the little things to being able to come to you know little events or big events and going to the ABA awards like when I was a skin therapist working for someone else that's what I wanted so I always think back to what would Brooke want as somebody working in another clinic so I try my best to give all of those things to my team and again because everyone does align with our values I'm very grateful to say that we don't really have many staffing issues or any issues whatsoever in terms of the team not liking each other, which you do see in other salon or clinic environments. 
yeah, I'm very grateful for my team. But like I said, it's all about aligning with values. And when you do need to have a hard conversation, they respect that. But I also give the team the opportunity to say back whatever they need to say to me or debrief on it later and have an opportunity at a later time to have like a follow-up meeting about that discussion. But like I said, very lucky that we don't have to do those type of things quite frequently. I know other business owners have to, but yeah, it's just really aligning with the values and making sure that your values are clear. And I know it seems really like values and things like that, but you need to have them there to sustain your business and move forward. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you. But I think that's something that I really admire with you. And that makes sense. Now you're saying that, you know, when you're doing team activities and things like that, it's like you were thinking, well, what did I want to do when I was employed as a skin therapist? Because that's how you're going to connect with them and really nurture them and sustain that. I think, you know, when I worked for a business and they did lots of like team building and team lunches and team dinners and things like that, that's when I wanted to stay with the business the most. And the more that that dried out, the more I was like, uh, don't know if I like it here as much. And the best way to connect with your team members is to ask them those types of questions. I always ask in interviews, is this something you want to be a part of? Would you like to come to these type of, of events? Would you like to see the behind the scenes of, you know, a beauty business? We have monthly team meetings and monthly individual meetings where we chat about goals and what do you want to work on? And even this month, we're going to be having individual meetings with everybody about where do you see yourself this time next year at Skin Love? So it's about having those conversations about how you want the business to move forward but also where does your staff member want to be in the business you could have people that sit in the back seat or you have people that are trying to drive it with you and it aligns with you I want people that are driving the business with me yes 100% oh so many words of wisdom I don't know if you know this but I am going to be opening my own skin clinic next year I've decided really congratulations Yeah, I'm really excited. It's going to be something quite different in concept that I'm really looking forward to do. I think that's been a lot of my resistance is team and hiring. So listening to this, I'm like, it all makes sense. And I just think sometimes people think it's too hard basket. And like you said, they just want to hire people that are going to make them money rather than actually nurturing them and helping them to grow their success as well. So I love that. Yeah, always trust your gut. Like if something doesn't feel right, don't do it that's the biggest word advice I can give in terms of hiring someone is if it doesn't feel right. And if you can't envision that person in your business, don't do it. I hope you are enjoying today's episode. Before we get back into it, I just had to share with you my brand new program that is going to skyrocket your confidence when it comes to educating your clients on their skin concerns. And as a result, increase product sales, treatment bookings, and the best part, client results. When you sign up to explain skin concerns like a boss, not only do you get my training that shares with you exactly how I explain each skin concern to clients, but you also get my skin concern flashcards that you can use as a visual tool during consultations. Imagine if you could increase average client spend by $100 or more simply just by educating them. As my gift to you, I'd love to give you $100 off your purchase. Click the link below in the show notes and use code EXPLAIN100 at the checkout. Now let's get back to today's episode. Now, one thing I hope you don't mind me asking you is fit outs because whenever Mm. I see anybody in a Facebook group saying, I'm about to do a fit out of a clinic, I'm about to build a couple of rooms, like what was the budget, like what should I be aware of, all of these things, 
I tag you straight away (laughs) only because I know all the struggles that you went through and I really love watching your journey from like being in a hairdresser to building the most beautiful clinic. If anybody hasn't seen it, look Brooke up on Instagram at Skin Love Clinic because it is like pink paradise. It is stunning. But I hope you don't mind you sharing like a little bit of wisdom about what it takes to actually fit out such a large clinic because how many rooms did you say you have? I have three at the moment, but our reception space is very big. So there is potential to close that and put an extra two. I was just a little bit too nervous back then to kind of go full in. Looking back, I wish I just did it. If you're spending the money, you may as well just do it. Because at the end of the day, if that fit out no longer works, you can sell it down the track. Or your business may be at a point where it doesn't matter about that fit out anymore and you may just go do another one. Look, back then, I think I was quite naive about the whole council process and the building process I guess it depends on your budget back then my budget wasn't huge and I I guess I was quite naive on how much it actually costs to do a fit out I definitely went way over my budget but I'm very glad I did if anyone was to see my plans of the fit out of what it was meant to be to what it actually turned out being it's very different Mm. and a lot of changes I made on the spot and I changed them there and then like we weren't even going to have treatment rooms going to the ceiling. I was going to just have one like aircon unit. The reception space was nothing like it looks like at the moment. I think just having a really solid plan and chatting to different people in construction about their opinions and what they think that could happen in your space because they're going to see it with different eyes. I designed my fit out. I designed absolutely everything. Nobody else came into it looking at it, suggesting things. So the way you see it now is just from you know my perspective and what I wanted it to look like um, but moving forward if I was to do another fit out or if I was to do a refit of this space I would have somebody else come in and look at the space and see what they would actually do I think you can do certain things on a budget I think things like your finishes don't have to be you know the highest of quality I think when you're going for things like in your kitchen for instance do like your less expensive versions of things in your kitchen and then put more of that costing into your treatment rooms. Biggest thing I could say would be to get um, ducted aircon. As much as that is a cost, it saves you down the track anyway. It's just, it adds to your service as well. Do research on council approvals and timeframes. That was really what delayed my process. Our council approval took six months and then for the construction certificate, that took like an extra six or seven weeks on top of it. I also had issues with our doorway. We needed to move the doorway. Otherwise, we would have had to put a ramp in for wheelchair accessibility. So I would say prior to going into things, make sure you either know somebody or can bring somebody to look at those small things in your environment. But I just say to anybody, if you have that gut instinct to go in and do a fit out, go for it. I'm very grateful that I did. And I made the changes that I did when I did, because it wouldn't look anywhere near as beautiful as it does today, because I was trying my best to save money and save costs. If you've got a budget in mind, maybe double it. <laughs> Shit. Just leave that, leave that extra leeway or, you know, add an extra $20,000 on top of it, just for the little things that do pop up. And make sure when you look at your fit out afterwards, you really look at a lot of things because there's a lot of things in my fit out For instance, my floorboards have shifted and some of the sealant on top of the walls, that's kind of lifted as well. So look for those things or bring somebody into the business that can look at those things for you. Back then I I was young and I didn't have anybody that could do that. So those are the things that I would kind of change moving forward. But I always say, whenever you tag me in something on Facebook and I talk to people, I say, just trash your gut and just go for it. 
Yeah, it's one of those things. It's like how long is a piece of string? Because with like my clinic too, I'm getting an interior designer who's done many fit outs before to help me from the get go. Cause I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing to begin yeah. with, but um, I was speaking to another friend here in Brisbane who's just opened up her own clinic, but she did a full like build from the ground up where she got to choose where her plumbing went and everything. And she said that her total thing cost $60,000 whereas I'm planning to just fit out. So I was like, well, it might not be $60,000 budget, but it could be now after speaking to you. So <laughs> yeah. And my fit out ended up costing me from gutting the entire thing to what it is now. There's photos on our Instagram of what it did look like to what it now looks like anywhere from about 50 to 70,000. But that was literally gutting everything, putting air conditioning in floorboards, the plumbing, everything that you could imagine and then our kitchen as well was already there but I had to meet council approvals to put additional bits and pieces in there as well and at that time you're buying equipment and you're buying needling devices and LED so make sure you factor that into your budget when you're doing a fit out or a revamp. Opening orders all of the rest. Yeah (laughs) opening orders yes definitely your consumables like anything that you can imagine budget for and just talk to business owners before you go in and do that. That's one thing I didn't do. I, I guess as well, I, I was 21 at the time. I was a bit nervous to have that conversation with people. So I didn't really have much of that conversation, but now that I'm watching other business owners, I've got a whole list of interior designers and construction and building and all those types of things for the next time that I do one, but you learn as you go. And that's the beauty of it. That's just business for you. We were having a conversation with our accountant about, changing into a company and opening a trust. And it's all these things that we're learning for the first time, all of these things that you just can't be prepared for until you actually go through the journey yourself. And then that's experience. That's just life. That's right. It's experience and having people there, I guess, a lot of business owners or maybe people that we think are quite successful in the industry may potentially have people with them that have that experience in accounting or finance and those types of things. For someone like me, I have no experience in any of that stuff. So my accountant has taught me a lot of it. And even for myself, I was a sole trader. And then once I did hire my first staff member, I still stayed as a sole trader. And then tax time last year is when I changed into a company. So it's just looking at the bigger picture. Where do you see yourself when you're doing this fit out? Do you see yourself having a team? Maybe doing a company trade would be your better option. Um, Again, you just don't know until you go out and do it. Yes, but look at how far you've come. Who would have thought that years ago when we first started chatting that you would end up where you are now? But I'm really not surprised at the same time too because your mindset is so amazing and you're so driven oh, and it's you. so nice to see I think this is why I like relate to because you're so young and you're driven and you know what you want and I really yeah. hope that anybody listening to this is really inspired by this as well and just is like right pulling my finger out and I'm gonna go get it <laughs> thank you so much it's been so nice chatting with you and sharing the same passion and the same goals it's just amazing thank you so much for jumping on the podcast today thank you Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it or learned something new, be sure to share this on Instagram and tag me at Skin Queen. That's Queen with three E's. And I'll be sure to repost you. Have an amazing day and stay moisturized.